0: Welcome everyone to Dave's Game Room. I'm your host, Dave Winchester, and today I'm going to be joined by my good friend Harrison. We've talked about video games before in previous podcasts. This is kind of a soft reboot of our older podcast that was called The Extraordinary Games Podcast. Uh, but I decided to to kind of start from scratch, to get a fresh start, um, have a little bit more freeform conversations, whereas the old podcast was not restricted but we definitely came in with specific talking points and topics that we tried to stick to Uh, i find this podcast to be a little bit more fun to do because i have less of a um, less guidelines going through it so i hope you enjoy it we end up touching on a lot of subjects One of them being Mass Effect, Red Dead Redemption 2, just other games that we've been playing. It was kind of a catch-up podcast because it's been a while since we got to talk, uh, mostly because I don't work with him anymore, so we don't talk every day like we used to. So we have a lot to talk about now every time we we get this opportunity. Um, There's going to be different people week to week. You'll see some returning people. I'm sure Harrison will be on more times than not. But I also have a few other people that I know that want to join in on the podcast that have particular subjects and particular games that they want to talk about. And I really can't wait to do that. But for now, this is the first episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Um, This is dave's game room and i am dave winchester have a good one
1: it's funny i was trying yeah. to think of what i played last year i have no earthly idea i think i played like four things <laughs> i played quite a few things but
0: i had to like look through my collection and i was like what what was i actually playing because i remember playing a lot of long games that mm-hmm. took a really long time to complete like months and then I looked back and I was like, why, why did it take so long to, to play those fucking games?
1: That no. just seems ridiculous. No, same. Like, that's literally how it was for me, too. Like, the Mass Effect games, I fucking played through all those, but that took most of the year.
0: Oh, well, yeah. It's, it's Mass Effect. It fucking, takes, <laughs> like, one game can take, like, three months. No, Literally. Yeah, especially the third and the first one. The the second one's not too bad. The second one's a lot of action, so you can go through it pretty quickly. But the third one is really, really long because it's trying to tie up all the loose ends from the other games. And the first one is just long because it's like you spend three quarters of your time just fucking managing inventory.
1: Oh, dude, that that killed me. That's one of the things I'm glad we lost to the progression of time. Like, that was chasing a number increase in the first one was mind numbing yeah it's ridiculous how many different
0: like you'll pick up so many guns it's almost a looter shooter at one point
1: no literally
0: but you can't manage your inventory because your inventory is so small that every two seconds you're just having to go in and just delete shit like just get rid of it
1: real quick are you recording now or no
0: Oh yeah, I just I just instantly start recording. Oh,
1: okay, right? perfect. Because I was like, this is just really good stuff, and I'd hate to have to redo it. But no, yeah, like, do you want to do any intro or just fucking keep going?
0: No, I'm just I'm just gonna keep going. I might go back and do an intro. I still have no name for this podcast, so that's <laughs> gonna make it super fun uh, when I try to edit it and throw it together. I might just record like a separate intro for
1: it. Yeah, I mean. Could always just have this as a backup, just like throw it out there at some point. It doesn't have to be like the first one uploaded again. That is true.
0: It doesn't have to be, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I just wanted to record yeah, something, dude. especially no, considering I got, I got charged for another year of <laughs> of RSS <laughs> and I didn't want it to go to waste. And it's like you can't cancel it. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck right. it. I'm just going to keep recording shit. Yeah. Damn, if you dude. go to cancel it, it won't refund you unless you cancel <sighs> it within like. I think it's like 30 days, but I totally forgot that... Like, I didn't notice it build me until I looked at my credit card statement. And this is not like a... This is not like a a hate against RSS.com. I mean, the fact that I had a month to cancel it was pretty sweet. But I'm just... I I have too much shit going on where I just didn't even notice it happened.
1: Oh, yeah, no. And, like, that's kind of how it's been for me. Like, I played most of the Mass Effect trilogy. Where it was at the point where... It was literally the only thing I was playing, and it still took me months. I still haven't beat the third one, because I got so caught up doing other stuff. But, like, super great games. It's shocking how well they hold up. And, but the first one, like, there's so many, uh, so many th- limiting factors in that. Like, the inventory management. I'm glad that went away. I'm sure some people would be like, oh, it's too simple now. It's like, oh, well, yeah, what do you mean? You get to focus on good characters and story? Oh, the tragedy.
0: The thing about that game that really bugs me, especially now that they've done like the, I guess, remastered trilogy. I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck you would call it. The remake, uh, whatever. Like Since a they did that, honestly, yeah, because they didn't change much. They just like yeah. allowed the more powerful hardware to actually do something, so the frame rate isn't shit in the first game. I, I have the first game on both Xbox three hundred and sixty and PlayStation three. Xbox mm. three hundred and sixty runs all right. PlayStation Three is almost unplayable. Like that game drops into like the teens in firefights. Like they're, the the frames just go away and you can't do shit. So it really needed it. But I mean, if you are gonna go through the trouble of making it run decently, can you just give me a button that's like, uh, like just get rid of all the items that I've picked up in the past half
1: hour? That I
0: just want that button. Like anything not equipped, just destroy it.
1: Just get rid of it. Literally, like it got to the point where I didn't need any money. I was literally maxed out on money. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to buy anything because, like, I'll just loot something better 20 minutes from now anyway. And there was just no incentive to really do anything. And it got to the point where I stopped looting stuff (laughs) because I I didn't even want to disassemble it because I wasn't using the like Omni gel or whatever you get from it anyway. So it was like, as. Completely pointless.
0: Yeah, after a while, you just max out everything, anyways. Like you just you can't carry anymore. You can't carry anymore of what you get from actually breaking down the items. You can just sell it, and then even then, it's like you you get to the point where you just have too much money. It yeah. almost it almost ruins your experience if you're actually diligent about collecting items <laughs> cuz if you're just going through the game without collecting shit or just like playing it normally it's not that bad but if you're like me and you're like obsessive compulsive when it comes to collecting shit then it, it bites you in the ass and you end up spending half the the game just managing a fucking inventory that in reality doesn't even matter that much
1: no literally and the case in point is the upgrades for like the weapons and armor there is like 17 levels for every single little increase to weapon damage or whatever under specific circumstances. Like, every single one had so many, and it would never automatically equip the next level of that. You would have to go into six different menus to do that, and it's just a pain in the ass. It really is. And You know, I love Mass
0: Effect 1, but there are two things that piss me off about that game. The first is the inventory management system. Mm -hmm. By far, it's fucking trash. And if you don't agree on this i understand but driving the mako or makeup whatever the fuck that thing is called is some of the most annoying shit ever especially when you can get it like flipped over and stuck in things and you have to reload a save that it, it just drives me fucking insane
1: okay so have you played the the like re-release the remaster or whatever
0: I have not. I own it. I haven't played it. I, okay. I especially cuz I would play like I'd play Mass Effect like 2 and 3 versus Mass Effect 1 cuz I've played Mass Effect oh, 1 yeah. probably like 2 dozen times by now.
1: So, I recall when the original Mass Effect came out, I played it. I recall having similar sentiments. I don't know if they changed any of the handling or whatever in the re-release in the legendary edition. But it, I made a mental note of it. It controls completely fine. Like, it's still janky, but it's completely drivable. It's not, like, horrible. I don't think I flipped over at all, which I actually found shocking.
0: Okay, so at least they fixed something. But I fucking hated driving that thing in the oh, original yeah, no.
1: game. Like, the, the original game, there's nothing to do in it, which you would normally think, oh, that sucks, but... Then you actually stop and listen to the story and whatnot, everything that's good about it is not in like the quests or anything. It's in the dialogue. It's a wonderful game, and it's held together purely by that. The combat's pretty decent, but it's like you enter one encounter, it's three enemies, and it's like, oh man, what are we gonna do? And then you just shoot them. And it's like, oh my gosh, blood pumping. <laughs> Mass Effect is what
0: happens when somebody tried to copy Gears of War's paperwork, like their, their fucking test, but didn't see the correct answers. Because <laughs> the game came out, like, I think a year, a- I want to say it was a year after Gears of War. And you could tell they were just like, oh, man, that cover system's pretty cool. Maybe we could do something like that. And, oh, man, you know, the shooting feels it feels a little bit better in that game. So let's try to copy it but it just didn't come together quite the same or they couldn't figure out how to get the controls to work correctly. So it feels all right, but it definitely doesn't feel as good as like Mass Effect 2 or 3 does by far. Like Mass Effect 3's combat, the fact that that game has a fucking well, uh, the legendary edition doesn't have it, but the the original had a full functioning like horde multiplayer mode. That was amazing. Oh yeah, the combat was that good and to be able to work was fucking great. But the original game, no, not like the combat is definitely secondary. Everything good about it is the dialogue choices, what you can do in like how you can affect the the plot of the game by what you're doing is great. The fact that they give you an option of who is going to survive on your team at one point, all that stuff is fucking phenomenal. But the the combat is just kind of like the in between the combat might as well be a loading screen
1: between all the dialogue choices, to be honest. Mm-hmm. No, it really is. Like, it's, it's wild just how lackluster <laughs> the combat in the first game is, but it never feels that way. Like, it still feels like, all right, like it, it got to the point where I was kind of getting sick of combat, but I wanted to get to the next like character moment. Like, I, I love the Mass Effect series, all three of them. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> and having the knowledge that, all right, whatever I do now is going to carry over, like from the first one into the other games. So I want to do everything I can just to see what changes. Like, that was enough for me. I didn't even need the combat. But I was grateful it's there because it helps break up the dialogue. Even if it's just like half baked, if that, it's still a nice little release.
0: Mass Effect 1 is a. A good game it was a good game for the time especially but the jump in quality from mass effect 1 to mass effect 2 is amazing like everything that was like lackluster in mass effect 1 was phenomenal in mass effect 2 and it seems like they kind of went almost too hard in the other direction when it came to like guns and inventory management because you spent most of the first game just managing your fucking inventory and in like the fucking pause menu But in the second game, it's the complete opposite. It's like you almost don't have to worry about fucking any inventory, any armor, anything like that. You're 100% focused on just, like, the story itself and the action. Because by the second game, the action actually fucking flowed really well. And the way you could control not only yourself, but, like, your teammates that are with you was fucking great. Like, I loved the second game so much. That game was so much better than the first and it it just doesn't get the credit it deserves because Mass Effect 3 had the bad ending and Mass Effect 1 had the bad inventory management system but like Mass Effect 2 was like damn near perfect
1: Mass Effect 2 is honestly it might be my favorite of the 3 like it combines it holds a lot together because it has so many moments like even just the broad story of it is fascinating, but it still manages to work itself into both games. It has the difficult job of connecting, being the connector between the two games, but also trying to carry itself on its own. I genuinely think you could just have it be its own game, and it would hold up incredibly well. Because like, it balances the combat and the characters. Like it feels like nothing was sacrificed. And
0: it, it nothing was. And I love the fact that in pretty much all the mass effect games like my thing right now is when i'm playing new games if the in, if the whole intro sequence bores the shit out of me i almost won't play the game anymore like I, i've bought games and had like a long ass like 40 minute tutorial intro sequence and then by the time i'm done with it i'm just like i don't like, i kind of don't want to play this game anymore like i'm bored out of my fucking mind but with mass effect which is crazy because it's really just like an action rpg you'd figure that starting segment would be kind of boring as hell both games just throw you, well, all three games really just throw you into the action right off the bat and then they kind of slowly give you the different mechanics of the game after that first like huge action sequence which i fucking love like the the whole ship area like that first starting um uh, ship area in Mass Effect 2 where the ship like blows up and it's, it's fucking just crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, that is incredible. Like, that's such good. Like storytelling and investing you into the game right off the back. Not only if you played the first game, like even if you just played the second game, that story kind of gets you invested right off. But if you played the first game and then you see what happens in that one, you're like you're in. You're you're automatically locked in. You want to know what's going to happen next. You want to know what's going to happen to Shepard right from like the first like five minutes of the game.
1: It's so good. It's it's a really perfect way to continuous story about somebody who has already had like 30 different character arcs and like accomplished huge things and it also gives you like player agency to the overarching story it's like oh shit some aliens shot up our shit and now I gotta deal with it and then your character literally dies I don't think that's a spoiler for a decade a two decade old game but you literally just bite it and then you're back and it's like you're intertwined with an agency that already exists in the world too they didn't just make something up I think that's one of the main sticking powers of the Mass Effect series is that anything you encounter chances are it's been established before you even realize it like Cerberus the main group I guess you would say I don't want to say antagonist of the second game but they're there they aren't really a protagonist or, like, anything like that. But they're set up in the first game and some side content. Like, really good stuff.
0: Yeah, they world-build very well for that whole universe. It's almost... It, it was crazy, too, because when I started playing Mass Effect, the the only thing I could think of, like, the only thing I could compare it to, or the only franchise I could really compare it to, was Halo. Because Halo did that before, where they just kind of, like, They set up all these different arcs. You had the books and you had, you know, all these different things. Mass Effect actually had enough of kind of like a runway in the first game where you were doing all these different side missions and doing all these things where they set up the entirety of their universe in the first game. Like everything that would lead through all the way to the end of Mass Effect 3 was laid out very well in Mass Effect 1. And then once Mass Effect 2 hit... There was a lot more side content. I think they had uh, a few like uh, comic books or graphic novels too to kind of fill in the gaps if you really cared that much, but you didn't need any of that. Like you could play Mass Effect One, Mass Effect Two, and Mass Effect Three and get the whole arc. You could play just Mass Effect One and then just Mass Effect Three, and there's like they'll fill you in on the story that you missed in the second game. The whole trilogy was designed in such a crazy good way. Where no matter where you came in in the series, you never really felt like you were missing out, but it definitely kind of encouraged players to get all of it. Like, I feel like if a, a player started Mass Effect 2 and, you know, completed the game, they would probably want to go back to Mass Effect 1 just to see what happened. And I can't say that about a lot of franchises, even Halo. Like, you could play Halo 2, but. There's enough in the intro sequence to Halo 2 to fill you in on Halo 1 where you would never have to play it. And I remember playing Halo 2 back in the day and talking to people that only played Halo 2. Like, they never played Halo 1. They only played Halo 2. They played the campaign, played online, and didn't give a shit about Halo 1 because, again, it it told you everything that happened in the first game. So Mass Effect's really cool in that regard, where it, no matter where you come in in the series, it encourages you to go back and play the other games, but it's like you don't
1: necessarily have to. And I honestly, I agree with that, because it's a rare thing in a game series where being able to jump into anything past the first game in it and understand the story and character dynamics and the lore around it in that one section you're playing is incredibly rare. Like, you're either caught between something where a series where none of the lore carries over, like Zelda, for instance. Like, obviously there's lore in it that's pretty cut and dry. Like, it's similar in all the games, but like, Link to the Past doesn't really mean shit to like uh, Breath of the Wild. I'm sure it does in some tangential way, but it's like, you play them as one-off experiences and that's pretty much a lot but then you're versed with something like warhammer where it's like no 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 it's all lore <laughs> it's like dude it's impossible to get into that But oh, yeah
0: absolutely it, it, warhammer in particular has like god how many games how many books how many I, books? there's just so much to it
1: it'll literally say warhammer on it and i still won't know if it's actually related to warhammer Like, I had to ask somebody who knew more about it, like, is Warhammer Vermintide involved in the series? And they're like, yes, in a way. And this was the point where I was like, oh, why the fuck did I ask? I'm not going to understand. I feel bad now. (laughs) Nothing against them. It's just like, it's it's a, a good level to it where it's like, there's so much lore, it's almost entirely polarizing to people who want to get into it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to dissect when it comes to things like Warhammer. And I recently started playing the Yakuza series. Oh, uh, so I started, I played Yakuza. Yeah, I played Yakuza 0, and I was like, this is fucking great. And I'm just now starting uh, Yakuza 1. And I played Yakuza 2, like, way back when it was out on uh, PlayStation 2, I think. Because, uh, like, the girl I was dating, her brother was playing it at one point, And I just kind of, like, sat there and watched him. But that's, like, another series where there's seven games in the main story from zero to to six song of life but it's you can't just like hop in at like yakuza 4 like that shit is not gonna happen you're like you need to know what happened in like the 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 other games or else you're just gonna be fucking completely lost so that's another game i wish a series that i wish like took a little bit from mass effect where give me some some storyline from the previous games if I am if I want to play, like, Yakuza 4 or 5 or, you know, even 6. But no, like, you can't. You have to play them all. No matter who you talk to about Yakuza, they'll also say that. Like, you can't just, like, jump into the fucking game anytime. You have to either start with Yakuza 1 or Yakuza
1: 0. No. The only one I've played is Yakuza 0. I have no idea how close I am to the end, but, it, it like, I loved it. And from what I've seen, a lot of the games are pretty similar. They're kinda of like if Shenmu were a good game series. Well that's
0: what it was. That that's what the game started out as. Um, oh, that's it. Yeah, they they pretty much like took the the model of Shenmue and they're like, what if this was fun? <laughs> um like what what if you didn't have to go and drive forklifts like for eight hours out of a game? You know, they they took all the fun parts of of um, Shenmue, like the combat and the fighting and kind of just like dumbed down the everyday parts of it and just made it so that there was just more to do overall. But yeah, I mean, it's Sega. So it, it's essentially just like this is what Shenmue should have been, but but wasn't. But I think of it and this is going to probably people are probably going to hate this critique of it. I treat it just like another fucking Streets of Rage game. I treat it like Streets of Rage in Japan. I love beating the shit out of people. Like, you know, in Yakuza 0, I don't know how much of you've played, but when there's, like, the, the big brawler guys that are walking throughout the city. Oh, and yeah. they're have having build, shit. Like, is like Mr. Moneybags or something. is something like that yeah those fucking guys i love like it's my goal in life to take those motherfuckers out and i just treat them like a streets of rage boss so like the whole game to me like the story is great it's really cool um overall like the story is fucking phenomenal but i'm playing that game for the combat because it's just so fucking simple and enjoyable and it's just a straight up brawler
1: everything you do feels like it has weight in the combat. And I know people say like, oh, you can kill someone with a bicycle, and it's like, yeah, but that's only the surface level. Like, Yeah, you can the kill somebody with a sign. <laughs> the, it's, it is amazing. Every single punch you throw just feels like it has so much weight. When you connect something and you just see an enemy's health bar go way down and they go flying across the screen, that's a damn good game in my mind. You can keep making the same Yakuza game forever and I will still find
0: it great. You want to know the crazy thing? So, I've played, like I said, I've played Yakuza 0. I've played Yakuza, some of Yakuza 1 and Yakuza 2. I literally have Yakuza 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, Like a Dragon, Like a Dragon Ishin. like every (laughs) game in the series that's come out I've bought because I'm like, if I ever get through, like I, I know, if I like beat Yakuza One, I'm gonna want to play Yakuza Two, and I know if I beat Yakuza Two, I'm gonna want to fucking play Yakuza Three. So I'm just kind of like stocking up on these games now because I know it, if I ever have the time, I'm gonna get through the whole fucking series.
1: Oh yeah, they're just so it's, good. They really are, and you can tell that they're made with passion, which I think is sorely in decline. Even if it is the same thing over and over. From what I've seen, it continues to do great, and I have nothing bad to say about them. I love, I love uh, Japanese brawlers. They're fun.
0: And this may not surprise you, but, I mean, it didn't surprise me when I heard it, but Sega literally has said, I think it was like a month or two ago when they announced uh, the reboots of a bunch of their franchises, like they're going to do a Jet Set Radio 1, they're going to do a, a Crazy Taxi reboot. They're trying to like reboot like all their classic shit, but they said in that announcement that Yakuza pretty much was the game that just kept them afloat. It was like Yakuza. And I think persona were the two games that just are the only things keeping Sega alive. So now they're trying to get all their old franchises back up to that level.
1: And honestly, I'm fine with that. It seems like a really good time for games. Like obviously they're getting more expensive to make, but also getting a lot of the great homebrew stuff. And just, like, you go on Steam, there's just millions of things I want to play. And it's wild. And then that's just on the easily accessible, like, consumer market. You go on something like itch.io, or even just going way back, like, on good old games, there's just so many (laughs) games now. So it's nice to see old classic ones are getting more attention, more love, and being able to come back around and maybe get a... Much deserved sequel.
0: I am so glad you brought up itch.io because I just discovered itch.io. Like it's wild. Probably a month ago I discovered it because I went down a, a, a little bit of a YouTube rabbit hole where they were talking about like these crazy dark meta games that get posted on itch.io, and um, I forgot the name of, of one of the games, but it's pretty much like you were playing an unfinished uh rpg in the style of like Daggerfall or morrowind but like the way you navigated it was through a well it, it was like a level editor so like all of cool. the things that would lead you to the next part of the game you would have to like look for while in this like level editor it was so fucking cool but not the, after i discovered that i decided to take a look at itch.io and i downloaded um I forgot the name of the game. Um, it begins with a C, but it's essentially like an alien abduction game because mm. it looked really dope and it was like five dollars. And it's one of the coolest experiences I've I've had in the past like two months, where it was just like very simplistic, like puzzle oriented, but the game was just dripping in Silent Hill esque atmosphere, but had aliens. So man, if you if people don't know about itch.io, go fucking get it
1: um dave uh sailor who already has aliens <laughs> okay
0: they also have dogs but i don't call it a it, dog it, game. It,
1: <laughs> but i guess no and it's it's really nice because there's just like i'm sure a fair amount of it is like a bunch of college students like thesis project or whatever or they're it's like their practice games like take lucas pope for instance he does some of my absolute favorite games of all time, namely Papers, Please, and Return of the Obra Dinn. They, they are fantastic games. He's done a bunch of stuff that you can't find on Steam, but you can find on his personal site and whatnot. People like that are making games on itch.io, and if you like any of those games, you're doing yourself a disservice only using Steam. Not that seems bad, it's just there's so much more out there. So if you feel like Steam doesn't even have enough... you want to find the next big game it's going to be on there
0: it's one of those things where i feel like steam has become a dumping ground for just everything like everybody's main goal is to just put their game out on steam and that includes those people that just asset flip stuff uh day before style you know just like fucking throwing it up there whereas i feel like even though itch.io is is definitely just, it's indie, it's just everything on there is just like fucking independent game shit, it seems like the people that are putting their, their projects on itch.io have more passion behind them, and there's less just like straight up asset flip bullshit like there is on
1: Steam. Oh yeah, without a doubt because it it has that thing that anonymity grants you, where it's like, the, the people who are looking to profit off that aren't going to go to somewhere like itch.io to drop their asset flip thing. They're going to go to Steam, where they have a larger, a larger pool of people that'll be like, oh, what's this? It sounds like a Halo. It's Galaxy Combat. Sure, I'll buy that, and it's terrible. And they feel upset. But you go, <laughs> to, you go to something a little lesser known, nobody's going to be putting bullshit up on that. 'Cause like why would they? It's some weirdo indie spot.
0: It's also one of those things where most of the games on itch.io are like between like free and like five bucks. So you're not really break excuse me, breaking the bank. If you if you like invest in a game on itch.io. You don't feel like you've been swindled. And with Steam, I feel like a lot of the times that can easily happen where you'll like look at a game based on screenshots or based on you know uh the video that they post and you might not look at the user reviews drop down like 40 bucks or 30 bucks on something and it's just utter fucking trash like on itch.io if it's like if i spend 5 bucks on something the worst that it could be is like a very mid survival horror game but it's still something that i haven't played before and a lot of times it's like it goes it, it, just by looking at it, I can tell if it's up my alley or not. Like, is it pre rendered backgrounds and like good uh, old school PlayStation 1 character models? Or it's the I've only ever downloaded shit that's like that from itch.io or like the Alien game where it just looks like somebody's like really trying to push the Unreal 5 engine mm-hmm. to, to like blow up your computer and both types of games are usually only like five to ten bucks
1: it's really an amazing deal like obviously with the price range it's gonna be like shorter experiences but i think games have gotten too long to the point where it's like no 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 make a really nice like five to eight hour game and then just don't fucking stretch it out to 40 hours i don't need anything beyond that you could even go like three to five hour game and i would feel okay like i don't need a lot of padding in a game
0: yeah but the problem is now if people make a game that's shorter or i don't, I don't know doesn't meet their criteria for what a 40 or 50 dollar or 60 dollar game should be then there's just huge backlash. And that kind of... It, it does piss me off. I'm in the same boat as you. I would rather have a shorter experience. Like, I remember... Was it 2019, 2020? Whenever Resident Evil 3 Remake came out, people mm. were fucking up in arms because you could speedrun the game in like an hour. And my thought process is, well, yeah, you can speedrun the game the hour, but in an hour, but I played that game probably like 10 maybe 12 Mm -hmm. times through to unlock all the stuff. And each time I had fun, I was trying to get faster at it. I was trying to get better. I was trying to, you know, avoid as much combat as possible so I could, like, just get through the game quicker and unlock more shit. I treated that game like an arcade game. And, yeah, even though the main game was only, like, I think the first time I played through it, it was, like, five hours long. I still clocked in, like, 30 plus hours in that game, just trying to like speed run it and get through it quicker. And I just, in my mind, it's like, I don't understand how other people aren't doing that. Like who bought that game and was like, ah, I'm done with it one time. That's it. Fucking throw it away.
1: No, same. And everybody I've talked to, uh, one of my brothers, he's a huge fan of the resident evil series. He fucking loved it. And he and I both played it at least like I probably played it maybe eight times through, And I still love it. I was literally learning the speedrun route because I enjoyed it so much. And it's like, it makes me think people don't know how to have fun in a game. It's not a game that forces you to make your own fun. It's there. It's just like, you need to have the idea of like, you need to not think, oh, it's going to be a 16 hour game because those games need to chill the fuck out because a lot of those aren't actually 16 hours of gameplay they're having the game on think of how many times you've been playing like like i was playing starfield for instance i got maybe probably about six hours in i didn't accomplish fucking anything most (laughs) of that was just walking around trying to figure out what the fuck i'm supposed to do not that it's difficult it's just like i i enjoy bethesda games hot take but i was like uh, it bombarded me with quests i'm like all right well where to what do I do that won't directly progress it? I just want to do side stuff. No, that was a shitload of walking and trying to figure out what lootable objects are actually useful. Whereas something a little more refined means a whole lot more in my brain. I prefer, like I said, I
0: prefer the shorter experiences. And, the okay, so I played Final Fantasy 16 this year. And, well, last year. And as I was playing it, I was like, I just, every part of this game is pretty enjoyable like the combat's really enjoyable the fucking the plot is nonsense because it's final fantasy and i expect the plot to be nonsense every single time i play one of those games like they they're almost always nonsensical like some try to explain sephiroth to somebody who's never fucking played final fantasy 7 good luck like you can't it's they need to play it and then fucking watch like 14 youtube videos to figure out what the hell happened but final fantasy 16 Was a great experience, except for the fact that that game, if you wanted to get some of the higher end items, forced you to do some of the most mundane, boring, just tedious fucking side quests that I have ever come across. Like, literally, as I was playing the game, I was falling asleep on the couch just doing side quests. I couldn't tell you why, because I could have beat the game without him. I just wanted, like, whatever, the cool sword that you would get for doing so many of them, or, you know, like, the, the cool shit, the add-on shit for it. But that game would have been so much better if instead of me clocking in 30 hours to beat it, it will, if it was, like, a solid, like, 14-hour experience. And I get that it's a Final Fantasy game, and people want Final Fantasy games to be super, super long. But if the story doesn't... Account for it being super long. Like, if the story isn't good enough to carry a 30 hour game, don't pad a 14 hour game into a 30 hour game with just fucking boring ass side quests for no reason.
1: No, literally. And it's why I can't handle like modern collectathons or anything like that where it's like, oh, pick this plant to add it to your codex. Like, I don't give a fuck about a codex. <laughs> What the fuck's that gonna do to me? <laughs> like, Red Dead Redemption 2, it's a great game. It's probably the most beautiful game as far as, like, you know, realistic aesthetics that I think I've ever seen. And it has a lot of fun moments. That game is so fucking full of just mind numbing nothing. And it's like. Oh,
0: you don't it, like riding a horse for 45 minutes? Just. just hey, it's, a, it's, a, it's okay.
1: They, they put a button in where you hold the button and you go. And you just go, but but you still have to fucking be there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying it's a bad thing to, I'm not saying I'm so, so jaded. I need to fast travel everywhere. I like like roaming an open world, but sometimes maybe you make that world a little smaller. Maybe you make it a little fucking smaller or put more interesting things in there. And I'm not talking like give
0: you a good fast travel system. Like the, uh, so I've been playing cyberpunk and it's kind of the same thing where it's like there's a lot of dialogue and there's a lot of shit that's just boring and there's a lot of car rides. But I can fucking hit a button on that game and it just fast forwards the car ride. Why the hell does Red Dead Redemption 2 force you to sit there and hold the A button to trot forward on a horse?
1: It's been a while since I've played it. I think there is some level of fast travel, but it's even like... Like, I still think just making the world a little smaller or putting more big, interesting things in there better because as it stands, it's just full of like small little cool things to see. But it's also like that's not enough. It's a really good game. I'm not going to discredit that, but it's just it bored me to tears because it would be, oh, here's a quest. Okay, you, you ran to the quest? Okay, now you gotta go to the actual starting point of the quest across the fucking world. Okay, you're at the actual starting point? Okay, now you gotta go back across where you just were. Like It's so much of that. It's like, I don't care. This is how you get to say you have a 120-hour game because 115 of that is fucking riding a horse around. Which, like, to be weird, fair, is good.
0: Isn't it weird that... I-, I don't know if you've ever played Red Dead Redemption 1... But Red Dead Redemption 1, I played the shit out of that game. Did the undead nightmare stuff, okay. all all of the bonus content whatever that game had, I fucking did it. I don't remember it having that issue. I just don't remember being like, "Oh man, this is like a really fucking boring like horse ride or anything like that." It seemed like that game was just over I don't know what they did. It was just overall more engaging. But when I played Red Dead Redemption 2, I just felt like the game was just straight up wasting my time sometimes i don't need to hear a pointless conversation while riding a horse for 20 minutes like i didn't need to hear it if there should just be a button where you fucking press it it gives you like a small cutscene that explains what the fuck is happening and then it gets me to the area and i'm not saying that you know people don't enjoy the 20 minute horse ride conversations but give me the option to bypass it in some way instead of wasting my time like especially now i have a fucking wife i have a kid i have shit to do i can't just be sitting there watching a guy on a horse for 40 minutes
1: i don't have either of those and i still don't (laughs) feel like fucking doing that i have a girlfriend but like i don't have a kid Well, like I still don't like. I know it's funny coming off of talking about how great Mass Effect's dialogue is, but that's because it's built around that. You know, it's built around building these characters up and building lore. I don't give two shits about what what someone is doing that is going to die in like two minutes anyway. I'm sorry, I don't I don't fucking care. But like, it's a great game at its like you know grand idea. I just think it should be smaller and more refined. And Red Dead Redemption 1, I feel like it was it was working with more limitations. So it had to maximize that. Because I agree, I didn't feel bored by the traveling at all. And I think it's the little things that make it that way. Because in Red Dead Redemption 2, it's just so fucking stretched out. It's like butter spread over too much toast. Like, it's just like so thin... <laughs> Like yeah, it's beautiful, and the the dialogue is snappy, and the voice acting's amazing. I could listen to Arthur Morgan talk about fucking the telephone book all day. He's a great character. I don't give a fuck to see him ride a horse anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I love Red Dead Redemption too. I, I fucking love it. I I just I hated the fact that it wasted so much of my fucking time. It just it annoys the shit out of me. And I'm right now replaying, Cy- not replaying Cyberpunk. I'm I'm essentially playing Cyberpunk for the first time because I got halfway through, and then they mm-hmm. released the new patch, and I was like, well, might as well fucking start it over again. And even though the game is very similar in like there's like I said, there's a lot of car rides getting from point A to point B. There's a lot of dialogue with uh with other characters. I feel like it does a way better job of just like treating the player with enough respect where if they don't have the time to listen to that conversation you could just bypass it go into your journal and see right what the fuck you're supposed to be doing yeah you might have missed a good conversation along the way but you're not gonna let it's not gonna ruin the game
1: for you if you skip it you know and i think that's the the value it adds is that you it values a person enough to be like all right yeah i get it you want to you want to get back to the part you enjoy, that's fine. Because part of the inex- inaccessibility of Red Dead Redemption 2 to me is the fact that, yeah, I played, I played the shit out of it. I played through it all the way, and I did a bunch of the side stuff. Somehow still managed to miss stuff, which I'm amazed by. But wanting to redo it, like play through it again, is so deeply inaccessible because you have all that dialogue, because you have all that traveling. It's literally... like, And I've already seen behind the curtain, I know a hundred of those 120 hours is just going to be riding a horse. And even if you have it be like, oh, you skip the cutscene to go to the next stage, it's like, why not just start me at that stage? I already know what you're doing. I love and respect you enough to let you get away with it once. But I'm coming to you, man to man, that I want to replay your game. And you're making me do all this like you didn't just call me an asshole twice. <laughs> Have you ever
0: played Days Gone by any chance? No. Okay, so I played Days Gone around the same time I played Red Dead Redemption 2. And for all the shit that Days Gone got uh, had gotten in reviews and things like that, where, where it kind of it got like okay reviews, but it got bashed pretty hard by uh, just like the average player. I will say this: I enjoyed Days Gone more than I enjoyed Red Dead Redemption Two for like a handful of reasons. One, the traveling was always interesting. Like you were always if you were riding your motorcycle anywhere, there was always like zombies or I forgot what the fuck they were called. Uh, there were mutants or whatever that you were always trying to avoid. So it kept things interesting. Your bike would break down or you would run out of gas in an area and you'd have to go find gas for your bike, but you'd have to, like, scavenge a town for it or whatnot. So that made the game instantly more interesting because the traveling was then engaging. But on top of that, the storyline wasn't told through fucking pointless dialogue. Wall- like, there was no, like... Oh, he's talking on his fucking phone while riding his motorcycle. Like it happened, but it was a super rare event. Most of the dialogue in the game was like in either cutscenes or you interacting with like people in town and whatnot, which again made it far more engaging. You weren't getting bored while just going from point A to point B. And I personally, like, I remember talking to people about it. I was like, I fucking like this game better than I like Red Dead Redemption 2. And they're like, you're insane. Red Dead Redemption 2, you could fucking hunt a bear and do all this shit. I'm like, yeah, but for me, that's kind of boring. Whereas everything that happened in Days Gone, where you're trying to kill, like, giant hordes of infected. Or just, like, upgrading your bike so you can traverse a little bit better. Or doing, like, all these different side quests was just more engaging. It was more fun, and the game respected my time more. Kind of pisses me off that I'm never going to get a sequel to it.
1: I, I can understand that. I'm not going to be one of the people that says Days Gone is better than Red Dead Redemption 2. I can definitely agree that, or I can understand having the like main movements of it, like the main traveling mechanics, be a huge detractor from one and a huge benefit to the other. I get that because there's some games like, obviously they're not super closely related, but something like Dying Light. Yeah, Dying Light. The movement in that it feels really good. I never got bored of running around in that game even though I had to run around for hours and hours. There was always some new challenge. Oh, this alleyway's blocked off now. Oh, shit. And then it's like, oh, it's parkour too? Oh, fuck yeah. Like, there's enough thought process going on there it's not just all right so you see that road you're gonna go on that road and you're gonna keep going for literal miles it's like oh all the fun of desert bus but with high graphics this is good and i think that's part of it is like red dead redemption 2 is one of the most beautiful games i've ever seen i don't give a single fuck about that though (laughs) I would easily take something that looks more cartoony like Wind Waker, for instance, and say this is the better game as far as traveling. Where like traveling from point A to point B can be enjoyable. It can be a fun thing. It just isn't in that in Red Dead Redemption 2. Because it's just like, what do I care to see a photorealistic sunset? I love being outside. I'm going to see that shit in my real life. Show me something I can't see.
0: So I agree to a definitely to a point. Um, I feel like gameplay. So I get a lot of like uh, people saying like the gameplay in Red Dead Redemption 2 is really, really good. And it is. It's super fun. Uh, The combat actually kind of gets shit on for being a little bit clunky and sluggish and being a cover shooter. But I've also seen videos of people doing crazy, crazy shit using the tools that that game, game gives you. Now, with that being said, the travel is definitely the biggest problem in that game. Hands down, bar numb. The game looks beautiful, and I get that. I bet the developers at Rockstar were like looking at it and being like, we want people to really enjoy the, the landscape that we've built, and the best way to do that is to kind of force them to enjoy it by doing all these huge fucking ride-alongs. Which I will but, I am um, go ahead. Yeah, but again, like say like, this is devil's advocate here. I remember when I played Oblivion back in the day, and that game has a fast travel system. It has a lot of dense quests, but there were tons of times where I would be like traversing just like, you know, traversing all of uh was it was it Cyrodiil at the time? Yeah. Cyrodiil. yeah in Oblivion. Yeah. So I was traversing Cyrodal and I'd be like on the bridge going over to the main city and the sun would be coming up. And I would just like stop and watch the sun come up because it was beautiful. Like that game at the time was probably one of the most gorgeous games around. So it's like you don't have to force the player to enjoy the scenery you've made. You can, You can kind of just give them the option to and they'll still be able to do it. Now, I might have been the only person that would do that, where I'd be like, oh, that's a sweet sunset. Because I did it in Skyrim too, all the fucking time. Like, I'd get to, like, the top of a mountain and be like, oh, wow, this is really like a really cool view. And I'd stop and kind of like, smell the roses and take it in. But, just don't force the player to do it. I think it really detracts from the experience when you do that.
1: And I definitely agree, because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Oblivion. I replay it probably, like, once a year or so. And I never end up getting to the actual end, but I still play for like another 80 hours or something. And it never feels like it's padding. It's just, I want to keep playing. So I do it and like credit to Rockstar and Red Dead Redemption two. It's a beautiful game. It's a really good game. And I respect all the work that went into it. And I respect them wanting people to actually appreciate it. It's just like, I, I see behind the curtain. I'm not, I don't care to spend a lot of the time traveling, which like sometimes there is time where I want to do that. I remember the last time I tried to replay it, it was purely because I wanted to ride a horse. Like I was in the mood for a game that let me ride a horse. I was like, yeah, I just want to be a cowboy real quick. I was big into cowboys at the time. I was watching Deadwood and things like that. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is the game. But then it just felt like so sluggish. I was like, "Eh, never mind, I'll just imagine it. But something like Oblivion or Skyrim or even Fallout, I'm like, I'm just going to keep walking and then I'll probably stumble into something cool, which is usually how it goes. Red Dead Redemption just doesn't have that. It doesn't have like, oh, I found this neat little cave and there's going to be something in it. Not enough, at least in my mind. It'll be like... Your reward, essentially, is just some interesting dialogue. It's like, yeah, that's, that's fine enough, but it really just feels like you blew your budget elsewhere. I like the thing
0: about the dialogue in that game is it's really, really well voice acted, really well written. I get that they want us to hear it, but, you know, it, it's, again, give me the option to skip it. I re- although, I will say this. although Red Dead Redemption 2 was the last game that Rockstar made, they probably learned from their mistakes, and Grand Theft Auto 6 is probably not going to have any of these issues. I'd have to assume, at least. Because that game looks fucking amazing, but it also looks like every part of that city, like, every part of Vice City, is just going to be filled with crazy shit going
1: on. And, like, I absolutely agree. Like, they're competent. I play a shitload of their games. I still love them. Some of my fondest early gaming memories were playing just like Vice City and just getting all the weapons and just having fun. Like things like that. I will definitely say it's probably a lot harder to include interesting things when you set your, set your game in such a specific time period. And I commend them for doing so well. Like it's still a great game. But it's a lot more fun to go from point A to point B in GTA when you know at any point your car doing 180 miles down a highway can just fly into the sky because you hit one pedestrian. Something like that. That makes a game. Or
0: you, like, you're just driving so fast that you
1: fucking hit a curb and
0: your car like nearly flips and spins over. Like I had that, yeah, I had that happen. I, was, I recently started playing Grand Theft Auto 5 again, like I feel like everybody did when they saw the trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6. And as I was playing it, I was like, wow, this game feels really fucking good. Like when it's you're driving a car, but the second you're on foot,
1: it still feels like shit. Like it's I don't uh, understand how their games always feel. Like it feels like there's there's something wrong with it. Like anytime A a Rockstar game has you jump over a gap is when I notice it. (laughs) Because there's something in GTA 5, it's like hardwired in where it's like, you tell your character to turn right, it doesn't feel like they do. Like you play some of like Gears of War and it's like, oh yeah, there we go. That's perfect. Good job.
0: They just make their characters super fucking weighty for no reason. It's as if you're controlling a, a sack of potatoes. So everything really you do takes, like yeah, everything you do takes way longer than it should. Like I, it, turning's a pain in the ass. Like all this stuff, and I, I understand, I get it. They're trying to make it like seem more realistic and whatnot. But then you play a game like, uh, you probably haven't played it yet because I played almost none of it. Like Alan Wake Two, where, the, like the game looks fucking hyper realistic, but guess what? The characters control, like, normal fucking human beings. Like, you, you never feel like you're controlling a fucking sack of potatoes. So it's just like, why can't you make that? Like, the cars feel good, and the cars are probably the hardest part, and they fucked it up before, because I remember Grand Theft Auto 4's cars feeling like... They all felt like a boat, no matter what car you were driving. I so, like, remember. they fix that. <laughs> they fix that. Just fix the way the character moves. And then I'll get rid of all the stupid, like... You know, people doing YouTube videos pretending to be Grand Theft Auto characters and shit.
1: Uh, I wouldn't get rid of it. (laughs) We could hope it would. I'm sure it'll probably feel fine. It just feels weird every time. And it's like, it feels like it holds the gameplay back in some regards. Because it's like, you can't do anything. You can't do any combat arenas that require a lot of, like, dexterity or anything. There's always going to be suspiciously placed like waist high cover cuz it's like you know you can't have people like dodging in between things cuz your movement just doesn't it doesn't allow for that. It's uh,
0: it's one of those things where they prioritize how smooth the animation is over literally everything else. So it it doesn't matter what the gameplay feels like. They want the the characters to look like they're moving like normal human beings. But in doing so, their characters feel like shit. Just they, no. they just control
1: horribly bad. There is one game that got every single gripe I have with the GTA and Red Dead Redemption games right, and that's Sleeping Dogs. And when the fuck are we getting a Sleeping Dogs two? Never again?
0: I think I think I can't remember if it's the company that has it is out of business or they are bought by like Embracer Group or some shit. But um, I agree. I've been playing Sleeping Dogs a little bit recently because it's one of the games I never finished, and I just did the the Kung Fu tournament area. Is, and that game's so fucking good.
1: It's so aggressively fucking good. It started as an offshoot of some shitty series that doesn't even matter anymore. True Crime. Whoa, 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 whoa!
0: True Crime. Uh,
1: <laughs> I never played. I think I played uh, Streets of L.A. for like 20 minutes when I was young, and then just never got it. But yeah, it is, Sleeping Dogs is such a hyper concentrated good game. It's like yeah, it's open world, but it's consolidated. You know,
0: it's um the the if for people that haven't played Sleeping Dogs, for like the four people out there that haven't, because I feel like that game's always like two dollars, so everybody should have played it by now. The game is just Yakuza meets Grand Theft Auto. I think that's the best description I could possibly give of it.
1: It is. The story, what little of it is there is, is fucking great. It's like, oh, you know, it's a crime thriller, whatever. And that's about it. Like, it's just so good. The characters are interesting and it doesn't overstay its welcome and that's ultimately what I want. You know, you get in, you get out. That's perfect.
0: Yeah, you can kind of do whatever you want, but it has good combat. It has excellent voice acting. Like, the voice acting's way better than it has any right to be for a game that had nearly no fucking budget. The cars are fun to drive. You can jump from one car, like out of one car onto another car is is (sighs)
1: ignorant as hell. And I love it. It is like playing a Jet Li game. It's like, (laughs) it's probably a better John Woo game than the actual John Woo game.
0: It is. It is a better John Woo game than the John Woo game. It's really fucking good. And we're never going to get a sequel to it. It's just going to remain what it is, which is just amazing. I'm surprised, honestly, that it got a remaster or a—I don't, I don't know if you'd call it like a remaster. I guess it was the definitive edition. But I was surprised it got that.
1: I don't even know how to trust those anymore. Where it's like, oh yeah, it's remastered. Like going back to the Mass Effect one, I have no idea what they changed in the games. They still look like clay models with some hair attached to them. I'm not saying yeah. Mass Effect is a shitty looking game. It's a—it's a great looking game. But it's definitely an Unreal Engine game, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. It has that Unreal... Was it Unreal 3 at the time? I think it was Unreal 3 that Mm. the the engine being used at the time, which, uh, like everybody knows, did not run well on any of the consoles. Like, it didn't run well on fucking... Definitely not the Wii U when they put anything on the Wii U. It didn't run well on the 360. It didn't run well on the PS3. It just... everything had jack i think the the best looking unreal game that ever came out was probably the batman arkham games um i don't know what unreal those were unreal like i don't know what they were then yeah magic they did like how they manipulated the engine but like it was they're all ran very smooth they all looked great they had good lighting they had like almost no loading between them like those games are fucking phenomenal But every other game that ran on Unreal looked like shit. Mm. Or just, it just didn't look great, I should say. Like, man.
1: There's a lot of things it gets right. And I am also not a game developer, so I don't know what it's good for and what it's not. But the common denominator between a lot of them is the character models look kind of jank. But everything around it looks pretty good but it's so similarly good. Like you see the lighting and you're like, Oh, it's that's really good. That's great. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm there. And then you see that in every other unreal game and you're like, is this just the regular like standard setting for this? Or did you make it a little better?
0: Yeah. Unreal is excellent for, um, mostly like cheap lighting. So you could actually light stuff pretty well and not have to worry about taxing the system. Uh, and Deep, fairly detailed textures, but asterisk, it does have the texture pop in issue. So if you ever play Mass Effect one on like the old, uh, I say old consoles, like the 360 or the PS3, mm-hmm. the texture, the texture pop ins horrible. Every time there's like um, a cut in a cut scene. So like the camera changes or something like you'll, you'll get some real bad jank where there's just like the lowest rest textures possible for half a second. And then they kind of pop in later. But that was like a known Unreal issue. It happened with almost every game. Like, again, I just I still don't know how the Batman Arkham games ran as well as they did, but they they just did some fucking Unreal Engine magic.
1: It is really nice, though. Like, bad points aside, it is nice that there's more accessible uh, game development kits for people to make their projects. And things like RPG Maker and Unreal Engine, like... I will never say no to more accessibility and game development. Like it only serves to improve the overall quality of life in it.
0: Yeah. And I, I for a while I tinkered around with the, uh, what was it? Unity and unreal. Um, just to see like what, what they could do. And it's very, very user friendly. Like I have no, almost no experience coding anything. And I was able to get like shit actually running in both engines so that's pretty impressive for for just like startup developers or people just trying to learn or make it like an indie game like that. it's perfect for them, which is why I get really, really, really pissed off when people are like, oh, man, you know, games are so expensive to fucking make now. They should be like $100 a game. People had it so good, like paying $60 a game. They should be like at least $80. like, no. You understand how like easy it is now to just like go and download unity and or unreal and fucking make a game. Like the only reason that these games cost so much to make is because the the actual publishers have like huge staffs that they probably don't even need to make these games. And then they could be like, oh man, well, we spent a hundred fucking $40 billion to make this stupid game. It's like, no, you didn't have to. You could have just worked smarter, not harder.
1: Now, I don't know how much goes into turning a Unity asset flip game into an actually really refined product. And you see things like Mass Effect Andromeda, for instance. That game looks like a fucking dog made it. Which, like, credit <laughs> to that dog. But like it's, it seems like a pile of shit. So I'm curious how much needs to be in it before you can actually have a good game. And, like, the modern Call of Duty games, I'm a, I'm a Call of Duty fan. I haven't played fucking any of them lately. Because I'm like, I don't care. Like, he, everyone's saying it's shitty, which is shocking for Call of Duty. Like, every even fans say it's dog shit. So I'm like, all right, well, clearly they did something wrong. Just because a game looks good, it's not enough to sell me on it anymore. Like, I don't care to see the pores on a character model's face. What well, do I care? Like, I don't, I don't want to be seeing that. I want a game to actually be engaging and to feel like I got value out of it. Some of my favorite games as of late are really simple concepts done well. Yeah, which is what most big developers don't do anymore. Most
0: big developers or publishers just want the big flashy looking game that looks really pretty that people are go ooh goo goo gaga for and then they'll just you know play it based on looks. I mean that's how Assassin's Creed games keep getting made. Like I haven't I don't remember the last time I completed an Assassin's Creed game. I think it was before they did like the full combat reboot in uh, Origins cuz I played what was it Unity and Syndicate before that and I kind of enjoyed those games, but now it's just like they're just like essentially retreading the same ground that they have been because uh, the newest one, Mirage, just looks like a remake of the first Assassin's Creed game. People are still going to buy it because it looks pretty. Again, it's kind of stupid. You don't need to have these huge games anymore. Like, I feel like... Uh, the best game I played last year was 100% hands-down Signalis. And Signalis just looks like a fucking... It looks like a game that was created in either on either a Game Boy Advance or like maybe a PlayStation 1. And it fucking was awesome. And I, I can't recommend that game enough. But again, it the graphics aren't great. They're they're just pretty cool pixel art graphics. Like I don't know how they made them look the way they did, but they, they look pretty but like it's every other aspect of the game that makes it good to me now. Like, the, the story was good. The sound design was good. The characters were good. Like, it was everything else. Now, if they made that game with, like, super high-end graphics and, you know, like, the most modern technology, would I still have enjoyed it? I honestly don't think I would have. I think I would have looked at it and just been like, well, somebody's trying to make a Dead Space game, and I probably wouldn't have thought twice about trying to play it. And that's a,
1: that's another thing is, like, does the quality of graphics matter? Well, it's kind of subjective. It's like, oh, well, which piece of art is better? uh do Like, this one moves me more. But, like, I'm not interested in seeing high detail in things. I want to know that the detail that's there is utilized well. You can create two identical rooms, but in different styles. And one of them, to say there's light shafts coming through rustic girders or whatever. In one style, it's going to probably mean more than in the other one. Like, it's going to resonate with different people. Now, I'm sure some people look at a game like Modern Call of Dudes and be like, yeah, that's that's gorgeous. I love the way it looks. The reflections are amazing. It just won't do anything for me. Same thing with Assassin's Creed or any other AAA games. Because then, when you inevitably get something, take Starfield, for instance, a beautiful-looking landscapes in that, The people look like fucking Muppets. Like it's, (laughs) It's disgusting. And it immediately pulls you out. And when inevitably you run into a situation like that, everything around it just falls apart. It's like it's all made of mud. And then it just melts. And it's like, oh, the illusion's broken. But if you had something like that, if you had a consistent look and weren't trying to strive for utter perfection the whole time, then you would have a defined style and people can are much more accepting of that. Like, people want style in it over quality.
0: I think style does go a very, very long way in games now. I think style can... Like, if you have a a good artistic vision for your game and the style of it is something unique that stands out, I think now people are a little bit more apt to, to notice that and actually give it a shot. Whereas I feel like probably from like the 2006 to 2000, like I would say as far as like 2016 for like a good decade, that wasn't the case. It was like the graphics meant everything. How how good were the graphics? How much was the system being pushed? How gorgeous was the game? Um, even re- as recently as like Cyberpunk, like Cyberpunk came out like just dog shit but how many people bought that game based on the the graphics in the trailers that they saw and and just how the game looked aesthetically like graphics can sell a game easily but then you know cyberpunk fucking ran like ass and had a bunch of glitches and you know just it's just not a good game at launch um and they fixed all that luckily but like looks aren't everything. And I think people are starting to realize that more and more as time has gone on. Cause if that was the case, call of duty would still be selling as well as it, it always has been because it's still a great looking game. But the recent call of duty is not reviewing well at all. Like people have kind of seen through that veneer where now they're looking at it and they're like, well, the campaign isn't great. The campaign is just kind of like a really bad spec ops style mission and it's it doesn't you know it has no cohesion to it and storyline makes no sense and like everything else with the game just seems like it should have been an add-on and yeah it still looks pretty but there's no fucking there's no content there that's just like there's not enough
1: one thing i really like doing Is I like looking at the early concept art for a game, something like Modern Warfare Two, for instance, the original one before the like remake or whatever. You look at that, and there's some scenes that are so vivid in my mind. They have such clear color palettes in every single mission, and it's like it's almost like somebody tweaked it a little bit. Like they made it look real, and then they edited that a little bit, like. One mission, for instance, a a massive EMP goes off and it wipes out electronics everywhere. There's just fire and whatnot. You can boil it down to just a few basic colors and immediately your mind is transported right there. It's like there's fires everywhere, there's rust, there's destruction. You're in it, though. It's not trying to look one-to-one exactly like it would be because that would take you out of it. Your brain can't comprehend the disconnect between you playing the game versus you being in the game. You're just immediately met with like, I'm just playing a game now. But when it's able to process the simple strokes of it, like, orange means fire. Got it. You're already there. You don't have to, your brain doesn't have to be taxed with like, oh, look look at how good it is.
0: There are still games, though, that do blend both very well where it's like you have a good art style that is very realistic and it kind of like uh, so the the best example I could think of is Alan Wake 2 where the the art style for that game is very realistic but because the game itself is so surreal and it has so many su- like surreal scenarios in it it even though it's photorealistic it's not it, it it's like it still has an artistic bend to it because they're trying to show you things that aren't real. Like they, they're trying to show you shit that you've never seen before in a very realistic setting. It's really, really cool and really interesting. Fucking remedy is just one of those developers that they, no matter if it's a good idea or a bad idea or a good game or a bad game, they 100% like commit to it. Like when Quantum Break came out and that game was getting reviewed, it wasn't getting review bombed, but it doesn't definitely wasn't getting the best of reviews. They still stood by it and were like, this is the game we want to fucking make. This is how we wanted it to look. And this is the idea that we had. Like if you don't like it, don't play the game. Too bad, so sad. The next game's going to be completely different. Hopefully you'll like that one. Like I wish every developer was like that. And especially now that they don't even care how the game gets into people's hands. They refuse to have like a big publisher to tell them what to do. So they were like, hey, we're going to put this game out digitally because it's going to save us money, and Epic is going to publish it, and that's, that's that. Fuck it. They're not telling us what to do, and we're just going to make the game we want to make.
1: And that's one of the many reasons I love Remedy. I've been a huge fan of them since way back, during Max Payne, probably even before that, if I can recall that far. But... They've always done amazing work. And I remember when Alan Wake first came out, I bought it day one and I was playing the shit out of it. Even when people were like, Oh, what is this? It's the baby's first silent Hill, whatever. No, no, no. I was there. I was in it. I fucking loved it. I replayed it last year just because I enjoyed it so much. That game. You're absolutely right. It's like, it's realistic. You see a tree. You're like, that's a tree. But then you look at the characters and it's like, Oh, something's a little off. But because you've established everything around that to be like just a a tinge more towards the cartoonish and surreal, then it all makes sense. Like you look at some of the characters and you could just silhouette them and you would still be able to tell like their characters, you know, or like you just look at their faces and it's like, all right, I can, I see where it's going. And I really respect that their games have been great. Control, the gameplay in that, I'll be honest, it kind of got repetitive to me. I'm probably close to finishing it, but I just haven't. But that is still one of the... like When I play that game, I feel the weird, oppressive nature of it. And I just feel this like sort of creeping terror in the back of my mind that like walls are going to shift for no reason, but that's the logic of the world.
0: Yeah, I want to say that Control probably even though it's one of the Remedy's more recent games where it it seemed to be like a a go-between between between Alan Wake 1 and Alan Alan Wake 2, they really put like a lot of effort into that game. And even though the combat is, the combat, I wouldn't even call it weak. It's just, it does get repetitive after a while with the way you like throw objects and telekinesis and you know, like flying around and the way the gun works they still tend to vary it up enough where it's not boring. Like at no point in time in that game was I like, oh man, this combat is just like, uh." it got slightly tedious, but it didn't ruin the game for me. And then anytime I got into one of those modes where I was just like combat was becoming too easy, they seemed to kind of have me stumble onto like a challenge area where it made things more interesting where I'd have to like tweak how I was playing the game a little bit. And that always just made it fun. But the, that control is such a fucking... Like, I want to say it's underrated, even though it was rated very highly. I think it kind of went under a lot of people's radar for how good it was. And a lot of people treated it more like a tech demo than they did a real game, which also pissed me off because the gameplay itself is really good. the The combat is solid the exploration is great. It's like very Metroidvania style. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you have a story that's really fucking weird and interesting. And if you pay attention and you like read the shit that, that is in the world, like all the documents and stuff like that, it really is just like a giant mind fuck. And it's super fun to play. Remedy is just, oh man, I wish more studios were like remedy and had the talent that they have. And every year they seem to like, Try to push the envelope a little bit more with what they're willing to do. Like, I can't wait to see the fucking Max Payne remakes. Like, oh my God, I'm so fucking it's, excited about that.
1: It's going to be great because they understand what works in their games and what doesn't. And they seem to have a lot of competent people working with them. Like, they know, you know, we can make this look as good as we want, but then also retain what we actually really like about it if we want we can tweak it we can make it a little more surreal or something like that but we can also just expand on the ideas we have and i'm forever excited to see they put out a new game i don't even care what it is i'm just ready to play it and i actually haven't played Alan wake 2 which is something i've wanted since the first one came out now that it's finally out like what a decade and some change later maybe i am absolutely enthralled in anything they do because clearly they recognize like when they have a good idea they want to stick with it traditionally alan wake probably would never get a sequel because it's like it doesn't adhere to any modern conventions it's pretty much a really good stepping stone to get into horror games because it's riding that line not many places would want that. Either they want something really easy and accessible, or they want something like a, a Resident Evil game where you just amp it way up.
0: I think, I honestly think uh, Alan Wake 2 is kind of. It's not surprising that the game was made because Remedy always wanted to make the game. Like, I remember interviews from back in like 2014, 2015, when they were working on Quantum Break. They were still talking about having like Alan Wake two on the back burner. the The thing that always, always stayed in the back of my mind was Alan Wake one was supposed to be like a crazy open world game with like a day night cycle. It was supposed to be essentially an open world survival horror style game, Mm -hmm. and they had to completely modify it for for tons of reasons. For like because the power of the three sixty was different than what they expected. They kind of you know, went a little bit overboard with what their ambitions were and so on and so forth. So it, I haven't played Alan Wake 2 yet. I played, I've seen a lot of videos. I've played like probably 10 minutes of it, um, just demoing it. But I've never, I haven't played the actual game. And it's kind of, it's one of those games that I'm like, I've been dying to play. The thing that has kept me from playing it though, is it has no fucking physical release and that shit drives me insane. Because for anybody that knows me, I love physical games. I like knowing if a game is ever pulled from a storefront or something happens or a licensing issue happens. I want to be able to play the fucking game. And they have said over and over again that there's not going to be a physical release. So I'm waiting for it to drop to a price where I can like justify paying for a digital game that could potentially... A few years from now, just get pulled from all the storefronts if, like, Epic just decides to be a dick or something happens, you know?
1: Which is another encroaching problem that many have seen coming for years now with, like, always on DRM, for instance. One of the main reasons GOG does so well is it's like, no, you just own the game. That's on your computer, you own it. Things like that, where games lock you out of it and they can just pull it at any point. It's like the the chain of ownership of games nowadays is so muddied with it where it's like I understand why a lot of games nowadays can't be entirely physical releases because there's just so much data in it but how many really need to go away forever I get it you know there's probably costs and server upkeep and whatnot but it's also can I just own it can I just have it after i pay for
0: it that would be too easy so okay so i'm gonna since this has gone on for like an hour and 20 minutes (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of wrap it up on this concept of ownership of video games and what that should consist of because a lot of people nowadays their libraries are like totally digital like a hundred percent like i've talked to a lot of people that are like why should i even bother owning a a physical game like when i can just download it and every time this conversation seems to come up the rebuttal always happens where something is like somebody does something online like sony for for example they recently just pulled i think all of the discovery content that people purchased it's like yeah you, these people bought like disc- shows from discovery through the PlayStation network and now they can't watch those shows. They've literally pulled them from like, they can't re-download it. They're just gone forever. And there are games like Scott Pilgrim versus the world where when that game had like copyright issues, that game was pulled for a long time and we just recently got a physical release of it. So like in this era and now we have Alan Wake 2 that just doesn't, doesn't do any physical release. It's all digital. What do we do? in, in the scenario where all of a sudden all this digital-only content just goes away. And I'm not talking about games as a service. I'm talking about full-fledged, single-player fucking digital games that could potentially just vanish off into the ether that we paid for.
1: It's an incredibly difficult situation because it's like, is there a right answer on it? I truly believe that if you buy a game, you should own it. You own that physical... You own that one instance of it i'm not saying you own the game itself but you own your spit your personal right to play it at any point anytime you want to obviously there's exceptions to that things like you know PUBG, you can't really like that's a inherently multiplayer based thing but something like overwatch for instance it's like what are you going to do They shut down the servers, there's no single player, it's just gone. I spent money on that twice now, and it's just completely (laughs) done. Like a fucking dumbass, I bought it twice. Thinking, oh no, they wouldn't do that, and then they announced Overwatch 2, and then suddenly the servers are down. It's like, what are you even going to do in those situations?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. But I kind of, I don't expect it, but I definitely anticipate it a little bit more when it comes to any multiplayer game. Like, I, I just, that's just how I am. Like, I've seen oh, servers yeah. get shut down for so many. My concern isn't for that. It's literally for single-player games. So, this is a good example would be Baldur's Gate 3, right? So, yeah, you could buy Baldur's Gate 3 on Steam. It's probably never going to go away because Steam will be around till the fucking end of time. But what about, hypothetically, you buy on, like, the PlayStation 5 digitally, right? And then they're like, well... You know, there was some like licensing issue with like the music for the game or the person that was uh like um, that did like some of the coding for it or something has a, an issue or was stolen from somewhere. Think of like two human style, because when two that's what happened to two human. They found stolen code from another game and they just had to pull it from everything. And then you paid for that game. You wanna play it, it's one of your favorite games of all time, you know, fucking game of the year, and then it's just gone because somebody fucked up somewhere along the line. Like, how is that fair to the consumer? And these are, like I said, single-player games. These are games that you can play offline 100% on your own. Like, eh, it, it sketches me out that we're in this, in this area now. And especially now with the PlayStation 5 being, like, having a completely digital version. And... From what they've shown, the next Xbox Series, whatever it is, is also going to be completely digital with no no disc drive. I've, I'm starting to feel like it's almost becoming a scam where they're forcing you to buy something that you don't even own technically.
1: Which I think is a fair way to look at it because I absolutely agree. It you know you should be able to purchase a game and then play it anytime you want, especially with single player games. Not that it should. It should be a case by case thing. It's like, no, that's a pretty blanket statement. I paid $60, especially when games are getting more expensive. The, the idea of like, yeah, pay $80 and own it for three years. It's like, no, no, no. Back in my day, you bought a game, you owned it. It's like, there's people out there who spent more on games that were shittier quality, but you can still play those <laughs> shitty quality games.
0: So thinking about it, from from this perspective where it's you whatever you're purchasing you don't actually own let's just let's just face it especially if you're buying from a company like ea or ubisoft or one of those companies where they're very very loosey-goosey on what you actually own when you purchase it from them because i remember a few years ago uh ubisoft pulled was it assassin's creed liberation and another game where it was like even if you bought it you bought it you purchased it you had the dlc for it whatever. They like they pretty much said like nope, you can't you don't own it anymore. Like even if you paid for it, it doesn't matter. With scenarios like that, it just seems to me like the only logical solution to combat that is piracy. Emulate and download what you can or backup what you can, and that's the only way you're gonna get around it. But with that being said, of course everybody thinks that emulation and piracy is illegal and bad and horrible and we shouldn't do it. So I feel like we're in this middle ground where it's like companies can't actually get behind the fact that, that you've purchased a product and it's yours and people don't trust the companies. So they're going to emulate and download more shit, but there's neither one is a correct solution. The problem is just going to persist unless there's there's some resolution to you owning something that you actually bought
1: and paid for i definitely agree like it's especially in certain developers and publishers circumstances like ea is just vicious with it they're disgusting but they know people will continue to support them and i think part of it is is sort of a i don't even want to say future proofing for them but it's just like it's like investments they make where it's like, oh, so it like Far Cry 3, for instance, people really like that game and they've put it out like, I don't know, three separate times. Probably I could absolutely see them taking one of those versions away and then there's no way to play it for a while. And then suddenly they re-release it kind of like Disney does with their movies where it's like, oh, it was in the <laughs> Disney vault. It's like, why what the, the fuck Ubisoft is that? <laughs> the Ubisoft vault. But I think they I think they get the sick little game they play where it's like, oh, every game is the same, so who the fuck's going to buy the literal same game again? And it's like, no, no. So I think they're trying to feel that out, just in that instance at least, where it's like, oh, can we actually do this? Can we get away with that? Yeah, and the scary
0: part is I think they're getting away with it more and more because I remember when Warcraft, was it Warcraft 3 got remastered? Mm-hmm. And they they pretty much said, like, hey, yeah, uh, Warcraft 3 is getting remastered. Your copies of Warcraft 3, like your originals, are no longer going to work. Like, you have to buy Warcraft 3 if you want to play it. And it was so much of an inferior version to the original that right, people were, yeah. like, up in arms about it. But they, they actually forced players to do that. Like, you had to just play the shitty version if you still wanted to play Warcraft 3. I think developers... I, not, I won't even say developers because I don't feel like developers really have a hand in this. I think publishers themselves have gotten way more anti-consumer over the past few years. And that's only going to get worse, especially when you get to the point where everything's going to be digital. And then they're going to be like, well you know, new consoles are coming out. You bought a bunch of digital games on your PlayStation 5, but maybe the new consoles aren't backwards compatible. Well, looks like you're just going to have to, you know, buy another version of the same game that you already own and pay us more money. It's just... All of it seems really fucking skeevy to me. And, uh, yeah, this is my pitch for, like, keeping physical games around. Even, even if people... Don't care. Even if people are like, "Whatever, I'll fucking buy the same digital game forty times." Some of us just don't want to do that. Some of us actually like having physical games.
1: Same, man. It's a, it's a, For me, it's also because like I may not have all the space in the world, like physical space in the world. But if I like a game well enough, I, I do think whenever I purchase any game, I'm like, I hope I don't lose this at any point. But. There's a lot of games where I'm like, oh, I played that once, that's good. But then it's like, who am I to say 20 years from now, I wouldn't want to play that game again? I would love to have the at least the knowledge that when I buy a game digitally, I will own it. Like I've been replaying a lot of my old favorite games that I've owned for at least 10 years, and every single time I'm like, man, I hope this never goes away. Not having that security in it is a horrible practice as far as the consumption of video games
0: a hundred percent agree and i hope i hope people realize that i think a lot of people are like well you know if i bought a game digitally i think it's just going to be there forever because you know i paid them money and i own it i think consumers have to be a lot smarter and when these publishers try to do shady shit i think going to things like uh i gotta i've got I don't want to call it Twitter because it's not fucking Twitter anymore. But I think X is a stupid name. But but essentially, like going to those avenues and really telling publishers, like, hey man, it's not fucking cool what you're doing, and we will boycott your shit. Is kind of a, a one of the only things you can do in those scenarios. And I hope people care enough to do that. I hope I hope the masses of like Madden players like. Like, like, I don't give a shit about those guys. Like, they buy a fucking Madden game every year. I care about the people that, that really love, like, their single-player experience games and want to keep playing them. I hope they have enough of a voice to change publishers' minds when they start doing super shady shit.
1: I am always amazed that the Madden and, uh, like, games like that always get a physical release. I'm like, who the fuck? How? And oh my god, the there's only, so many coasters. The only <laughs> thing I could I, I love going on Facebook Marketplace or like going to yard sales and seeing the only games they have is like eight copies of Madden. It's like, "Oh, nice. Did you think you were going to make money off of that?" Cuz no. But it always blows. They
0: don't even try to hide it anymore because those Madden games like even like last year's Madden is like $5 at Target. Like every like after like a month. It's so funny.
1: The only thing I can think of is the people who don't fully grasp that you can buy it digitally. Like they 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 still have to shit it out into GameStops and Targets and Best Buys and whatnot. Because those the people who would buy it are still like, Yeah, I can only go here for it. And it's like, no, no, no. You still have the same one. You can just play that one, but also you can just do it digitally. Yeah. So I don't know with that said, I think there's pros and cons to both <laughs> cons of physical media is we still got Madden's clogging up the goddamn market. Yeah, that is true. There's a lot of just
0: like, it's, I get it. There's like a lot of plastic involved. <laughs> you know, there's only, yeah,
1: I don't I'm even pr- wanna, I'm pretty sure wanna... thrown away copies of Madden are responsible for most of the coral reefs dying. I can't yeah, prove I this, but I have that. a hunch.
0: Uh, uh, like there should be like a, a recycling machine that just turns them directly into coasters. That would yeah, be super convenient. You,
1: can you actually rewrite code that's already put on a disc? I don't think so. Not the Blu-ray
0: discs that are that are used for games, at the very least. Damn. But they, there should be a way to recycle them because that would be super convenient. I think we just came up with a business idea. That's a that's a great we idea. Business.
1: We can we can finally get an Alan Wake two physical release if we just. Buy up all the. It would probably be cheaper to buy secondhand copies of Madden and send it to developers to print onto them than them buying new copies. If they can figure out a way.
0: They got the the plastic cases already there. You know, they literally just have to like print out some box art.
1: you, You just go to Staples and, you know, get some scissors and just hand cut every single cover. That would be the, uh, the
0: best solution to this problem. Alright, I think
1: we saved gaming.
0: <laughs> we saved gaming. Madden saved gaming. <laughs>
1: oh R.I.P. John Madden. If only you could see your legacy now. Right.
0: Alright, I think that's a, a good spot to end this podcast. So we've we've been talking for an hour and thirty minutes of covering everything from Mass Effect to Red Dead Redemption and fucking games media and physical and digital copies i don't know what i'm gonna title this i really i, I, <laughs> I was really, just really thinking I'm
1: like ah man we really didn't talk about any games <laughs> just kind of shit on red dead redemption we did shit on red dead redemption but we did talk about
0: games which is we wh- did. what's important so a lot of the games we talked about i have
1: played the last year
0: that is true that is true so it was a little bit of a a catch-up but uh yeah, so yeah, this is a, a good spot to end it, and uh, is there anything you want to tell the, the two people that are probably going to download this since I'm rebooting the entire podcast? <laughs>
1: uh, play, play more weirdo indie games. It's, it's the ones that the cute girls like, so go play those, and then you have something in common to talk about to them. That is very true.
0: And plus they're probably
1: more fun than whatever you're playing right now. Probably. So just it that way. I've just been playing Lisa the painful are you familiar
0: I am familiar with it I haven't played it but I, did I download it I might have bought it
1: I'm, I'm very much addicted I was not expecting much I, mm-hmm. I think I'm 10 hours in and I don't know if I'm close to the ending it's kind of like earthbound but for adults okay
0: I can, I can get behind that I mean earthbound is for adults in my mind it is
1: it, it definitely is,
0: but it's just more for adults. We'll put it that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I guess
1: it's Earthbound, but adult.
0: Fair, fair enough. All right, that's where we're going to end it. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully these uh, podcasts will be fairly regular going forward. I uh, don't know what I'm going to talk about next week, but I'm glad to be be doing this again. I'm glad yeah. to be be talking to you, Harrison, again for God. It's been probably what
1: a few months.
0: So I was going to say spoken?
1: It's, it's absolutely wild Dave because earlier today I texted you saying uh, we talked about like doing a podcast and I was like yeah let me uh, yeah I just got a raid in World of Warcraft for some reason couldn't get World of Warcraft to open so I was like oh, oh, no. fuck I guess I gotta research what to talk about <laughs> <laughs> well your loss is my gain apparently it worked
0: out pretty well all right. So, so. I'm um, going
1: go to go raid a Warcraft now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, I'm probably going to go to the gym right now, or eat because I can smell whatever my wife's making and it's making me hungry. Which one I do? Two. I don't know. I haven't looked yet. I can oh, just smell it and it smells good. <laughs> all right, this is a good yeah. enough place to end it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hopefully, you tune in for the next podcast. Which again, I don't know what the the thing's going to be. But it's going to be about games, hopefully. Oh, it's going to be about games. I don't know what game, but it's going to be about games.